Have you ever wanted to be more superhuman? Are you ready to contribute to the future of humanity while well, you're in the right place? Join Michelle and AJ now for the Becoming Superhuman podcast. You'll be glad that you did. Hello, Colleen. Hi, AJ. How are you? I'm great. I'm just, I'm just getting my cape on. I want to make sure that I have good lighting because it's night here. So, <laughs> so I've been in a million different spots. No, that's all right. Does that look okay? That's beautiful. Okay, That's a beautiful great. spot, and you look amazing there. Oh, How is it? So it's nighttime in Canada? Uh, it's, well, it's 8 o'clock, so as, I'm a little bit worried because as we go on and on, it's going to get darker and darker. So, But I have lots of bright light in the room, so hopefully that will help. So, it's great so no, far. I just, oh, it's been amazing. We've had so much great feedback. Thank you. Good. Yeah, it's been really cool. Um, now... And um, I just need a minute to run out and grab something. Okay. Are you going to be showing a presentation at all? No, no. On our recording here. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to day five. Well, that's 10, isn't it? If I put two hands up. Day five (laughs) of the Superhuman Summit. Um, Hopefully some of you caught our first speaker today, Sabia. Um, Sabia is a fantastic leadership coach and she really knows how to hold you to, I guess, relaxing into the pace of life as she talked Mm -hmm. about and is someone who really genuinely holds the space for people. Um, We've got Jennifer from Newcastle as well. Nicole, hello, all of you who are joining. But right now I have this amazing human in front of me who has the most delicious backdrop. Your home looks beautiful there behind you. Um, I'm in a makeshift home because I actually live in a tiny house and it's been a bit too windy and rainy and so noisy to do these. So I'm borrowed a lounge room off someone and (laughs) this is my makeshift home for the summit. Um, And so Colleen is going to talk to us today all the way from Canada. So it's lovely to have someone um, on the other side of the world as well I'm going to talk about when just enough is not enough and knowing where to put your energy and how to, I guess, adjust in these unpredictable environments. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you briefly a little bit about Colleen so you can get a feel for where she's coming from before I hand over to her. Everyone who's already in Zoom or in Facebook Live, um, trust that we're monitoring you. We, We see you. We're so delighted that you're here and joining us. So please feel free to pop your questions, comments, thoughts as we go along. You know, if you're agreeing with stuff, type why, type yes, so we know um, in the chat box. Or if you really want to ask a question of Colleen, are you happy to take questions along the way? Oh, for sure, yeah. I want it to be as interactive as possible. So excellent. So we talk all day. (laughs) Yeah, great. So feel free to use the Q&A box and the chat box. We have about 40, 45 minutes together. So I know it will go fast. So Colleen, um, when she was talking to us about her presentation, um, I know Michelle and I just both went, yes, we have to have her on the summit. And she said, you know, that it's hard to be superhuman when you feel pulled from all directions and either um, through demands from others or your own expectations. And we often hear people say, well, you just need to prioritise. And that might sound easy, but I know Colleen's actually had a, a super fascinating background in the circus and yeah. um, and it taught her that distractions can easily get in the way of best intentions. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're going to hear a bit today about how we can build mastery and why sometimes that's a bit challenging and where we can spend our energy better so that we can create equilibrium and superhuman capability and capacity. So it's all juicy already, Colleen. (laughs) I'm loving on it. So I'm going to hand over to you to share and begin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alexandria and Michelle, for involving me in this amazing, uh, generous gift that you're putting out there in the world during these very strange times. Um, I, like Alexandria said, I'm a, I'm a, I have spent some time working at a traveling around the world with the circus, Cirque du Soleil to be exact. Um, my background is as a sports therapist. So what that means is that in my 30-year career of doing the physical therapy end of things, I was dealing with high level athletes, highly motivated, highly driven people. And there's a very interesting thing that happens in that group of people because you look at them and think, wow, they're superhuman because they can hang from their hair or fly from a trapeze. And those things are true. But what did it take for them to get to the place where they feel like they have that capacity in that area? How do they get to be so superhuman? So I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that. Um, and as we just alluded to, my time with the circus really showed me that you could have the best intentions and you could, I could be in Berlin as um, uh, Atlim, is that how I say it, um, is from, which was one of my favorite cities. But when you're in Berlin and you have a day off and you're very tired and you know what you need to do is just rest in your hotel room, but you're in Berlin. So what's the last thing that you want to do? So I had all these grand plans for the time that I worked at the circus. I was going to do all these things and build all these programs. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, I've seen pretty much every church in Europe. And I've, you know, mushed with a sled dog in uh, in Alaska. And I've been whipped by some weird bushes in Russia and I've done nothing of the things that I intended to I had a great life I'm so blessed and, and grateful for the experiences I had but I went in there with a plan and I had a good time and I met lots of people and but by the end of it I was exhausted and I didn't love it anymore because I had spent all of this time building all these great experiences but not building myself so I sort of feel like a little bit I got stagnant at a certain point. And we had this um, phrase that we would use on tour called tourist fatigue. So seriously, you could see 42,000 churches if you traveled Europe. And at some point you feel like, oh, I'm in Rome. Of course I should go to Vatican City. I did go to Vatican City, but I didn't go into the Vatican. And people would be like, what? Look it. The day before I went to the Colosseum and the day before that, I had that great pizza at that place over there. And there's just too many things that we want to do And I think now, especially in these times, we're really finding the places where we're exhausted because we either didn't put the energy in building into this. Who could have predicted this? Well, probably somebody, but none of us sitting in this room. And uh, we didn't put the energy in in the back. And now we have compartmentalized our lives to the point where I go to work and I do my work and then I get in my car or I get on my bike and I get home and then I'm with my family and then I have dinner with my kids and then I walk the dog and then I go to the gym and then I go to bed. Mm. And now all that stuff is mushed together and we can't, you can't be superhuman if you don't know how to make your energy flow and how your energy is meant to flow. So that's what I love seeing people are resonating with that. I know Stephen's just said in the group here, tourist fatigue, he feels that together and that, 
whole concept you're talking about of everything being kind of mushed yeah. together. Um, and um, I know someone in Facebook saying, yes, building experiences, but not building myself. And I, I get that. I know in Europe, I had a saying, which was ABC, another bloody cathedral. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and delicious and amazing, but you have to be juiced yeah. up, don't you, to enjoy it. Yeah. And it's that old adage of the frog in the boiling water where we often don't know. And it sounds like for you it was 10 years when you realised, yeah. oh, hang on, this is not the yeah. life. So what was your wake up? How did you come to that realisation? Um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was in, I, I, did, I didn't really tire of the traveling, but I started to tire of the work. And I've always been somebody who loved my work. Like I, we're going to talk a little bit later on about what's your purpose. And I don't mean like, what's your purpose here, but what's your purpose on earth? What were you put here to do? And I know I'm very clear on my purpose has always been to spread the joy. And at a certain, I had to figure out what that meant because it doesn't necessarily mean just standing in the middle of a room and laughing. But I, but at a certain point, I wasn't happy in my work and I'd always been happy in my work. And I got to the point where I didn't want to go to work in the morning and I'm in the middle of, I don't know, somewhere beautiful in Spain. I'm on the Grand Canaries. I'm in Barcelona. And all I want to do is lie in my hotel room and not see the people that I've grown to love over the last 10 years. And so then I was like, okay, it's time to go. And I was having some problems at work. Like I had a boss who was really pushing up against me and I was making it all about her when in actual fact, she was doing me a favor. She was giving me a push to get me out of that space and get me into a space where I could again live my purpose and then be in that sense of equilibrium because I had balance. And you just, I think a lot, if we're not aware, it takes a lot of energy to be aware of your energy every day. And if it's not something, it's not a skill that you've honed over time, you get to a point where you feel overwhelmed and, and everything's crashing down in on you. And you're now you're not in a place where you can actually have that conversation. You just feel like, Oh my God, this needs to stop, which is why I think, and I'm just making this up, but I've seen a lot of situations where, you know, people sort of hit rock bottom, whatever that means to you or to them, and then have to build from scratch. I think it's happening to a lot of people right now, you know, like in Canada, I don't know how it works. It's working in the rest of the world, but the Canadian government is giving unbelievable financial respite to people to help them get through this and you're hearing people complain for example we could use Cirque as an example the other day I read an article in the newspaper that they're they're contemplating filing for bankruptcy because they're 950 million dollars in debt because they're not generating any income like that's outrageous even I am I have been a bad money manager at times in my life even I couldn't am better prepared for any sort of a eventuality than than that is and we the stories of virgin when this first happened virgin airlines had laid off 50 percent of their people like that's that is not that is just riding the wave which is really what i did when i was at the surf riding the wave of this exciting thing and being part of this thing and and not putting anything back into me not like unplugging myself in the morning or for 10 weeks and then just going and then i would come home and I, we would work, we worked on a 10 and two schedule. So I'd go away for 10 weeks and then I'd come home for two weeks and I would spend five days, like sleep, I'm not a sleep in or <laughs> sleeping in, lying on the deck, reading a book, drinking wine in the afternoon, going to bed at eight o'clock for five days before I could get it together to see people. And it seemed great and it was exciting. And we knew how hard we worked in the moment and how much it took from us. But when you leave that life and then I had to come back to normal life, 
and I didn't know what to do. Right. So it's really interesting. I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. And also a lot of people probably thought you had this glamorous career and that's the reality. And I think the um, air stewardesses and stewards on um, Virgin and international flights would probably say the same. I've just popped in the comments and here on Facebook, if you um, feel the need to, I guess, rebuild yourself again, like you were saying, you know, and cocoon and go, where am I at? Put a why in the box. And if not, tell us, um, where you're yeah. at. I know someone in the Facebook groups just said, no, they've got the need now to amplify who they are. Mm. So I can totally understand that. And also that's, people that's are saying. That's amazing because, because you prepared for something that you didn't know was coming, right? And, but the flip side of that is in these, in these times, it's challenging to amplify because I could amplify all I want. I'm in my house with my dog who's sleeping most of the day, who's also doesn't understand what's happening. He's never, he's never, he's always alone in the day, you know? So, so, and I think that that's a great segue into, for me, I think there's three pieces that you need to, you need to um, sort of come to terms with when it comes to getting yourself to that place where you can create that equilibrium and then live into your your superhuman capacity. So um, if you're not feeling superhuman, um, why? You know, like it's, and, and if you are feeling superhuman, why? Like there's, there's, and there's going to be somewhere where you feel really, really great about what you're, what you're putting out in the world and what you're doing and other places where either you want to lift that up so that it's balanced or you want to spend more time there. So this gets to be bigger, right? Um, I had a teacher one time, a a mentor one time who said, um, you can't build a foundation on incompletes. So when I come back from tour, I've spent 10 years on tour and I, for 10 years, <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a young person. I am a established human being. I've lived on my own for 20 years or probably 15 years at the time that I go on tour. No, 20 years. I lived by my, on my own for 20 years by myself. So I know how to do the dishes. I know how to cook food. I know how to clean the house. Every once in a while, I get a cleaning lady because I'm lazy and I just, cleaning's not my jam. So And some people, that's what they do to relax, not me. So I go on tour and because my, one of my incompletes that keeps me out of my superhuman capacity is um, laundry. I can do the laundry because put it in the thing, turn on the thing, then I can put it in the other thing, turn on the thing. And it could sit in the dryer for a week. Right now, when it's not an epidemic world pandemic and I'm living with my sister who I share this home with, I can't leave in the dryer because she she has to do laundry. So what I do is I take it to the dryer and I leave in the basket right in front of the dryer. (laughs) And then every time I walk by that room, I see it and I think, oh, I should do that. Yeah, not right now. And I do something else. And then the next 20 minutes later, I walk by again. If I just took the time and did it, that would be complete. That would give me the energy that's not going to get sucked out of me every time I walk by and see it. And then it would be done. But for whatever reason, that's one of the things. Because when I was when I was working on tour, I put my ba- laundry in a bag, I put 20 bucks in an envelope, I put it on a table, and at the end of my work day, <laughs> my laundry would be folded and clean. And then I didn't have to take it out of a bag because I lived out of a bag. So yes. So that was a it, for me, it, it's things like that where what's giving us energy and what's taking energy away from us, right? For me, if I do the laundry, it gives me energy because it's done and then I can do something else. If I don't do So I loved your phrase about you can't build a foundation on incompletes. Um, And Stephen's just said your laundry is my writing blog. So I'd love everyone to pop in the chat box 
let's be honest and let's use the public <laughs> forum here to share. So what's your laundry? <laughs> what's your dirty laundry or clean laundry? That's clean in laundry. A actually, isn't that ironic that it's the clean laundry? Clean laundry. <laughs> so what's your incompletes? If you would like to, mm-hmm. please share in the chat box. What's your incomplete? So we've got Jillian's is regular exercise. Yeah, what are your incompletes? Someone else has got tax conversations. What what are oh the my things? God. <laughs> I just was talking about that today with somebody. That's why you get an accountant, right? <laughs> like, but That's even right. even doing your even your taxes, like putting the stuff together to send to your accountant. If you avoid yes. that, then you're and then it costs you energy, it costs you money, it costs you time, it it's a, it delays everything. It's a metaphor so for everything, right? Updating my CV, Ebony has said, mm-hmm. Lani has said, watching all the webinars I've enlisted in. Yeah, so I have one of those folders where they all go to and I think mm-hmm. later, later, later never yeah. comes. So pop in the chat box. Michelle's got tidying her office is mm-hmm. one. So, yeah, there's lots of things yeah. there. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Pauline. Yeah. And I think that um, – I think there's a, it's a fine line between something like right now, I think that not watching all the webinars you've enlisted in who hasn't, who hasn't signed up for 400 zoom things. And then at the end of the day, like I yesterday had seven zoom meetings. This is exhausting, right? That is taking energy from me. And it's, but I'm doing things that I think I should be doing because they're free or I wouldn't have access to this at any other time. But you have, it's like, it's like seeing another church. It's all the same. You know, there's times when things like that are going to fill you up. And there's times when things like that are going to take energy away from you. And I, I think it's really interesting that right now in these times, people are signing up. People are saying, I'm overwhelmed. I'm home with my family and my kids and I have to teach my kids math and I don't know math and I have to work from home and I don't have a home office and I have to walk the dog and I have to make dinner. Oh, and then there's these 14 things that I'm interested in that I'm going to sign up for. I'm going to be honest. For the first two days that I was on voluntary isolation, I watched two entire seasons of Ozark because that's what I did. And, and I felt guilty for about 12 seconds. And But four days later, well, maybe more than that, but four days later, I was able to get up and get into the groove of doing what I needed to do. So there's two sides of this coin. There's the side that you doing the, like, like my tagline on my website is when just enough is not enough, but also sometimes just enough is enough. So we have to know, but that brings me back to the core of this, which is we're talking about energy and understanding your own energy. Where am I putting it? Where am I the same in the same seminar where my, my very wise, uh, you can't build on a foundation. He had, they'd drawn this picture of a, like, look like a gingerbread lady, you know, and she had all these holes in her, right. And the holes were places where she was leaking energy where she wasn't doing the laundry. So the incompletes were pulling that energy out of her like like an electrical cord, you know? And where are you not plugging those holes? And where are you plugging those holes? So maybe who's talked about writing their blog? There's there's a it can't just be a means to an end, right? You have you have something to say. And if you're not in your superhuman capacity, you're not gonna say it as eloquently as you would if you were in your superhuman capacity. Right. So knowing where the energy leaks are and knowing where the energy fills are, that's the first thing. So it's awareness. As a therapist, I spent 30 years working with all kinds of people. So high level athletes, um, acrobats, swimmers, singers, lumberjacks, like none of this is alive. I've had the strangest (laughs) trajectory of my career. 
But the one thing that was common for me and all that is my job in there was help was to help them direct their energy or to recognize they have an injury and an injury from my perspective, not every therapist sees it this way, but an injury is a place where your energy is getting stuck for some reason. And we could have, I could have a long conversation about what that means to me. But when you come, if you are a high, if you're an acrobat at Cirque du Soleil and you have an injury that's taking you out of the show, this is your identity. It's your livelihood. It's, uh, it's where all of your people are. It's the only thing, you know, now you have to go back home and you've hurt yourself so much that you can't do your own laundry. So you're at the, at the, um, effect of somebody else who has to look after you. Like that is devastating for these people. So I'm having conversations about this is going to take you out of the show for this long. And so we have to send you home or this is a career ending energy injury. And we have to a rehab you through it and then find out what you want to do next. Their energy is going to be so low. And if I'm not in tune with that, then I'm not going to manage that situation very well. And if I'm not in tune with my own energy, I would make an announcement. If I can't, if I was in a bad mood, <laughs> I come into the office and I'd say, I'm in a crappy mood today. You're not going to see it in my work. But if you say something to me and I don't respond the way you expect me to or that I usually do, then that's why. And so it gave me, I took ownership of my own energy level for that day, but also gave people a warning <laughs> that if what you're looking for is to get energy from me, you may not get it today. Does that make sense to people? Totally. I love that because it's kind of setting the tone or the boundaries, the agenda yeah. for the day. And Stephen's also just popped links to your LinkedIn and your website there, which is oh, great. Oh, Stephen, thank you. <laughs> Feel free to connect with Colleen yeah. on LinkedIn or website and I'll do the yeah. same Facebook group. Do mm. other people agree with that? Put a, put a yes, a why in the um, chat box if you wish to. Hello, Mahubub. Nice to see you back again. Thanks for spending yeah. your morning with me. I feel really honored that you guys are starting. I'm finishing my day here. So um, it's nice to be able to inject some full day energy into you guys and get some from you. So we're getting some yeah, yeses. The gingerbread, lady, the gingerbread lady thing is a really good visual. And I hadn't thought about it for a long time until I started thinking about this talk. And and I can see her very distinctly. Like if I, if I had a whiteboard I would draw her but you can all see her in your mind and if you can see her that clearly then you also could spend a little bit of time figuring out what those holes are for you right like so the first piece for this um the first piece for me is awareness mm -hmm. of my own energy of your energy if I'm working with you and where I'm avoiding something which I you know when we avoid a thing or we procrastinate well procrastinate's a different thing but when we avoid a thing, we think that we are just putting it off. But what we're doing is we're just adding to that pile, right? And so we don't, we, we're putting a little bit of energy over there every single time that we avoid something. So rather, so then at some point when we look at it, it's like if you've ever, um, I used to, when I was younger, I used to like to rearrange the living room. You know, you start the day and you're like, I'm going to rearrange the and it's going to change the energy in the room. And then at the end of the day, you have a big pile of crap in the middle of the living room. You haven't been able to find where you want to put it. And then you just walk away. How do you feel the next day when you wake up and there's that pile of crap in the middle of your living room floor? Oh my gosh, another thing I didn't finish. And it deflates you. So the next so piece, Stephen's saying there, yes, avoidance creates a cesspit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice and term and language. And sometimes you have to avoid things like because you just don't have it in you to do it. But if you do that over and over and over, then we're creating a bigger problem and you're getting further and further away from your superhuman self. And 
And then it's then the effort to come back is a different kind of energy. And I couldn't agree more with energy uh, in a physical sense as well as a yoga therapist. What I see with lots of people that might have maybe a bad back or a hip or something is that they start to avoid using that part of their body. And so then they compensate with other parts. And over time, that's where their cesspit grows. It might be that they start getting out of alignment and then that throws yeah. out their you know, yeah. knees and gives them other problems. So same thing in life, I guess, is what yeah. you're talking about is this For other sure. stuff we're avoiding. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, and if you looked at it, so that's a great example because I'm very familiar with that example. If somebody comes into me and has sprained their ankle from walking down the street and they say they stepped off of a curb that they've stepped off of 40 times that week, never mind how many times in their life. And all of a sudden that day, something's wrong. I'll look somewhere else. And people are very resistant to that, right? This laundry issue is, is representative of something else. It's not representative of not wanting to fold my underwear. It's, it's representative of something else that it, I, I'm either putting it in the way of my movement to my superhuman self, or I'm using it as an excuse to not step in. So just do the damn laundry. Like, <laughs> right. It's easy to say, it's easy to say, but like, I'm like everybody else. I am super aware of all these things. And I, and I am very in tune with my own energy, maybe not to the level that uh, Rebecca is who spoke last night. Um, but I, but I've had moments of that and you have to be aware of your energy and open to it to have those moments. And the le- once you've had those moments, the less of those moments that you have, the the bigger your pile of laundry, really, <laughs> if we're going to continue with that analogy, right? So that's the first piece for me is, is just awareness of your energy and the energy of others, what you're putting out in the world, right? Like there's a million um, memes about uh, you get what you get back, what you give out and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a meme because it's true, but also... There's, we all know people who don't recognize what they're putting out, right? And we all, we also know, recognize people who think they're putting something out, but oh, it's not that, right? So the really, and this is all about you. The, the more in tune you are with your own energy, the more in tune you are going to be with somebody else's energy. So for me, when I started thinking about this conversation, I, I was having a conversation with somebody and I was, I, I said something about the essence of equilibrium, which was it resonated so well. And I think that's what we're talking about, right? Like the essence, the definition of essence is the basic part of something, right? So the thing that that thing grows out of. And for me, the essence of equilibrium is understanding your purpose. And we talked a little bit about it um, before, like, not, I don't mean like, what's the purpose that you uh, joined this webinar today? Although that would be interesting to know. Probably, though, it leads to you getting closer to the essence. On some level, you were drawn to it for some reason, right? And so I've lost my train of thought for a second. Um, It's about your purpose, your purpose on earth. So people, like, how do I find it? I was in this program um, a long time ago, my first sort of personal growth program that I ever did. And it was an 18-month program. And we met for three days in a hotel somewhere in the middle of nowhere every quarter. So every three months we met in this place and it was this little, this group of women and you were put in this group. And one of the exercises we did, not the first weekend that we were together because it's so overwhelming. The second weekend, I think, so six months into the program was we're going to 
we're going to find out what our purpose on earth is. And everybody's like, oh, how do you do that? And so I'm going to share some pieces with you. Rome was not built in a day. You're not going to figure it out today. But it's really about something that resonates with you. So the three questions, if you want to play this little game with me, the three questions that I would ask you um, when you're looking to find your purpose are, what qualities do you enjoy expressing the most? So you don't know me, but you know me for the last 27 minutes. I'm boisterous, <laughs> I'm loud, I'm energetic, I like to laugh, I like to adventure, I like to have fun. So those for me are the qualities that I like to express the most. So you can throw it in the chat box because this is going to be a fun little game. Don't be shy. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. I'm saying thank you for typing the question in because I'm doing it in the Facebook group. So that's awesome. Thanks, buddy. So what do people say? What are the qualities you enjoy expressing the most? Helping and others? Like I said, Rome was not built in a day. So don't put pressure. What, what I would say to people as I walk them through this exercise outside of this environment is the first thing that comes to your mind, write it down. And it's not, it's not right or wrong. It could be something like, I don't know, for me, I would say laughter. And then you have to sit with it. You can't just be like, okay, so Atalim said being silly. Perfect. So just leave that and park that there. And we're going to, you're going to build on that. And when you leave here, if this is something that you're interested in, in continuing to explore, then you'll go back to it. And so for me, it was probably something like, what do I, I like to express my compassion? Okay. What does that mean? Well, it means that in my work, I do this and this. Okay. But what does that mean? And the next question, question number two. Hang on, we're getting some beautiful answers first oh, to question great. one. We've got helping others, gentleness, mm. empathy, adventure, and caring. We've got being silly in a good way, yeah. Adeline. <laughs> Love that. Sense of calm and acceptance, getting to know people, divine qualities Ooh, I like know that. to express. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's great. That's, about that's, them. That one's beautiful because that piece that says it differs every it differs every time at a different time is really important because your purpose may or may not have anything to do with your choice of career or well your it will have something to do with the partner you choose but but not on the level that we think about it right your purpose is going to i look at oprah this is a perfect example oprah i read a thing about oprah cuz she talks a lot she's always talked a lot about purpose and she yeah. said, I always wanted to inspire people and I wanted to teach. So I thought I would be a teacher. Everybody says, I want to teach. Thanks. I'm going to be a teacher. She is a teacher, but not in the yeah. traditional sense. So she had, she explored, she went through, I don't even think, I don't know enough about her background to know if she even um, ever went to teaching school. I think she may have, I don't know. Anyway, no, she went to she journalism. Went straight on TV very early. Yeah, she went yeah. to journalism. So, but that was the inspire piece, right? Like she was, and she when she started in television, she knew she wanted to do feel good stories, that sort of thing. So it's not gonna necessarily look, first of all, the other really most amazing thing I ever heard a guy say there was this man who did a uh it's not wasn't a valid, not a commencement speech, but at the end of the first year of medical school at Stanford, all the first year students go into a room and they get this lecture from this very wise man who like he runs the program there and his one the one thing I listened to this address one time and it's out everything is he's so wise but the one thing he said is would you let your 20 year old self choose what your 50 year old self is going to do and that's what we do when we say I'm going to be it I'm going to teach I need to teach people so I'm going to be a teacher and then we stick to that forever and ever right a lot of the work that I do right now is with people in transition so 
from one career to another, or you just, there's something that's just not sitting right with you and I want to change it, or I want more of this and less of that or whatever. And it's really all about letting go of what we think it's going to look like and just letting our purpose flow through us. And how could we possibly, you know, when we're 17, 18, know what we want our 50-year-old self is going to do? I'm just going to share a couple more from the chat box just to honour the people on Facebook before we go to questions Mm -hmm. too. We've got um, other people's um, skills that they like, I guess, expressing or qualities, helping people, listening, um, Mm -hmm. holding space for people, speaking, thinking, writing, speaking, and I couldn't get it out, making people happy, listening, care of others. What a great group of people we have. This is amazing. All right, question two then, what do we ask? What's that? You're right, keep going. And And I guarantee you that whatever that word that you put in there is, the the thing that you chose to do with your life on some level reflects that. And maybe it's not the way that you thought it was going to reflect it, um, or maybe it's not in the way that you want to continue to reflect it, but for sure it's in there somewhere, I guarantee it. And then the third question is, how do you feel when, oh no, the second question, we hadn't got to the second question. How How do you do it? How do you like to express it the most? So for me, it's, it was working with other people, um, so spreading the joy through that, um, adventuring, so meeting new people, listening to people, hearing about new things and using those qualities, uh, using those learnings as I moved forward in my life. I took a very short um, uh, departure from my therapy career right before I went to I, I worked at Cirque du Soleil twice, but the first time was way back in the early 90s. And um, before I went back the second time, I decided I'm done being a therapist. I want to be a fashion designer. So I quit my job. <laughs> I went to fashion school for one year and then ran out of money. And that's how I ended up back at the circus. Um, but even then, my focus was on bringing people joy through their clothes. I think clothes should be fun. I think, and I had this, I'd met for the, I'd met a group of women who, you know, didn't have the typical body shape that we look at when we see the fashion magazines. And there were no clothes out there for these people that made, for these women that made them feel good. Like everything was black or dark or had these, like made them look like they were 90, dressing like your grandma when they were 20 years old. And I thought that clothes are meant to bring joy. And that's why I want to do this. It also brought me a lot of joy to learn those things. And to, so it was the same, doing the same purpose, but in a completely different realm. But I enjoyed doing it that way, you know. And at the circus, I enjoyed doing it in the being able to go with people to to the doctor and share my knowledge and share their story with the doctor and be the conduit between the two and and help them through those difficult times. Like that's how I enjoyed expressing it. What do we got? So I know for me, myself, I like to help people find their uniqueness and build confidence around sharing that. And so um, I love shining a light on people. That's my how. And so running yeah. summits like this is perfectly yeah. aligned with my how. Um, yeah. Google Perfect. has said finding solutions for the challenges. Um, mm. Online we've got Michelle, she said, through workshops, books, blogs, business and spirituality. Yeah, Jennifer said listening, comforting and inspiring mm. others. So yeah. conversations that energize. One-on-one conversations, I like that. That's really lovely. And see, Athlims, 
being silly, invite yeah. people also to jump out of their boxes by having fun with it. I don't think that's hard to explain at all. I think that's great. <laughs> no, and I think and it, and I think the the one of the t- takeaways from this piece is it doesn't have to be grandiose. You don't have to be Oprah. You can you can do. I did this one 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 person at a time, and some people didn't like my approach, and some people did, and not everybody is going to follow your lead and. And you're not going to be the right energy for everybody, but you don't need to be right. It's just as long as you're living your purpose. For me, I know that being who I was gave a lot of people the space to be who they were. And generally, I would find that the people who weren't prepared to step into their own purpose or step into their own to own their own shit, basically, sorry, they weren't drawn to my energy. They didn't like me. They wanted to work with somebody else. And that has to be okay. And so we've got also, is it day one? Is that how I say your name? Always meeting new people and asking questions. Mm -hmm. And I also love over in Facebook, um, someone there, Lisa, has said, I'm still figuring that out, the how. And that's great. Yay. Can you do me a favor when you do figure it out to shoot me an email? Because I would love to hear it. And it's a a fascinating journey and such an interesting adventure. Because for people who haven't thought about it before, we just do what we do. And at some point, I think I, you asked me earlier, what was my sort of, what was that turning point? I think I just, why are these the things that I like? Why, why are these the things that I want to do? And how does it make me feel? That's the third question. How do you feel when you, when you do that, when you are in, when you are sharing that piece of yourself and when you're living your purpose, how do you feel? I mean, I'm calling it living your purpose because that's what it is. You might not know it yet, but when you're doing, when you're um, in, uh, expressing those qualities and you're doing it in a way that you like, how do you feel? You never feel like, you know, you always feel, you always feel filled up. You always feel energized. Even if it's a, even if I've just had a conversation with somebody, I've had a number of them saying, this is the end of your career as you know it. And you're a 21 year old person and you're about to retire. And I can't even imagine retiring at 60. I'm not 60 yet, but I'm not so far. Like, and I'm, I am telling you that the thing that you thought you would do for the rest of your life at 20, you can't do, it's not choice. You can't do it, but I could still walk out of those conversations, feeling good and energized because I was able to connect with the person. So for me, it, once I realized that to, um, to, spread the joy was my purpose, everything became easier, right? And I could see it everywhere. Once you, once it's going to resonate, it's going to, it's like a tuning fork, you know, everybody's aware of a tuning fork. So a tuning fork does a bunch of things. I just learned this. Um, I learned that. I mean, I know that it's uh, in music, it's meant to find perfect pitch. If you don't come from the medical world, you may not know that the tuning fork is a, it's an indicator of a fracture. So if I think somebody has a fracture, I'll, there's a special actual medical tuning fork. I had, oh, when I was in my office that had bad lighting, I had a picture of a tuning fork. But they, um, it, there's a special medical one that, and you just put it on the bone. If there's pain, the pain is the piece that tells you that the bone is broken and then you should still get an x-ray. Like it's not a perfect science. Um, I read the other day that Marie Kondo, if you're a fan of Marie Kondo, she's very big um, and apparently very organized. <laughs> um she uh, uses a tuning fork to, to center herself before and after she cleans the room. So it, there's a million. It, the t- it's, it is an energetic field that is going to either resonate with you. And if it doesn't resonate you, with you, like the fracture, it's, it's so obvious. 
as a child, I was a figure skater. I was an ice dancer because I'm Canadian and I had very, I'm not, I can't sing. I have no, I don't have, I'm not musical at all, but I could, if I was, if I stepped on a step that was off time with the music, the music became so loud for me. Like, I remember this so clearly. I have no idea why. I just knew that that was wrong. It just resonated with me so well when I was in the ease and in the flow. And when I wasn't, it was like really obvious. Oh, I can totally relate to that. I was a dancer as a child and I used to say the music speaks to me. And you knew if a move went mm-hmm. with the music very, very much. Um, and in you talking about um, resonance, and using the tuning forks. So I also just want to tell everyone who's here in the chats that on our final day, day eight of the summit, Loretta Honeychurch is speaking at um, 2 p.m. on our final day and she's going to talk about tapping into your biofield for superhuman mm. health. And she actually uses a whole set of tuning forks to help people tap into their biofield. So if you want to know more about that, hop on on yeah. the final day. Now, people are answering your question three. They're saying they feel hopeful they feel great satisfaction and fulfilling over in the Facebook group. It's going off. People are saying in flow, energized, unique, at peace, mm-hmm. joyful, unbelievably amazing, joyous. Yeah, um, it's yeah. And when you're when you're fighting against it, like the tuning fork on the fracture um, or the laundry, you just you just you can't feel that. You can't. There's no space, right? There's no space for that. So. So yeah, hopefully this this piece of the conversation has sort of spurred you on to do a little bit of investigating on your own. Um, I would invite you beyond this um, to journal about it, meditate on it, and don't judge the words that come up or the feelings that you have. Write them down, and at some point you're going to have a big long list, and they're going to lead to one main word for sure. So I don't no pressure, don't put any pressure on it. I think this is a great. Um, suggestion for people and we've got about three minutes or so four minutes oh, and then we need to jump into q and a's yeah yeah um Dwan's saying he feels um energized like air floating um at peace we've got feel over here complete like i've accomplished something and mm. i think what's important in what you're sharing here is don't judge what comes up and no. to remember to go with those feelings and to notice them because we are human beings not human doings and we usually associate with the achievement as opposed to how will I feel so yeah um about three or four minutes more Colleen what other goodies have you got for us and I think when you talk about um going with the achievement right now we're we're stuck in a situation that we don't have control over and people who are high achievers at work are now being I have a friend who said you know my secret sauce used to be that I knew how to run a zoom meeting now I've lost my secret sauce because everybody runs a Zoom meeting. So everything's changing. And and I was having conversations with my sister today who, when this all happened, she moved up to her cottage. So she's been at the cottage. How idyllic. She's been at the lake for seven, six weeks working from home. She's never worked from home before. And she said to me the other day, I put in 12 hours of overtime. How? <laughs> how (laughs) you're in your house so don't put the pressure on yourself to to do it the way you thought you were going to do it when the world was normal because it's not and also sometimes the accomplishment or the doing is in not doing so when I'm talking about when just enough is not enough my what I talk about most of the with a lot of people especially I do a lot of work in state safety right now is with compliance right compliance is checking all the boxes to meet the minimum standard and sometimes that's okay 
And right now, in a lot of areas in your life, that's going to be okay. But sometimes, if you want to, if you want to up the ante, if you're doing just enough to get by in all those places, then you have more energy for this other place. Right now, this is not necessarily the advice I would give at, at, at in different cosmic time, cosmic time. You know, like if the universe was in a different space, because I really believe that because I've worked with high level athletes, high achieving individuals my whole career, in order to get to that place, they had to do more than enough. They had to do more than more than just enough. You don't become an Olympic athlete by saying, I'm going to run a marathon and then eating a bag of chips and sitting on the couch. Right. So, but sometimes when you can't leave your house (laughs) and everything is different in order to find that equilibrium where everything equilibrium, the definition is um, when a uh, number of forces or actions are uh, compete, fighting against each other, but one isn't stronger than the other, right? So they're equal. So that creates, that's your foundation when you're in living your purpose and when you're aware of your energy and know where you're putting it and where it's going and what's taking energy from you, you can just make that little shift and then you can build on that. It's very like to go back to that first piece. It's very hard to build on, to build strength on something that's weak, right? So if I feel depleted of energy, the last thing that I'm going to want to do is run 10K. The first thing I'm going to want to do is plop my ass in front of Ozark and watch that depressing crap for two days. It's a very good show, but it's very depressing, right? So be nice to yourself and And also just be aware and you don't have to change it. Just acknowledge it. And at the beginning, you'll be like, oh, that's where my energy is today. Oh, that guy, he, I'm giving him to, I'm giving him too much of my energy. Oh, that laundry. I just got to get it done. And then it's out of the way. And then you can build on that. Yeah. Equilibrium. And the essence is you, right? The basic piece of it is you being centered, grounded and living your purpose and knowing what that is. This has been amazing. I know Yay. the chat boxes have been going off and people are sending. Thank you. Loved your talk. Thanks, Colleen. This is awesome. Yeah, um, was just said, when we're living in our mm. purpose, we need to be alone at times. How will we keep the energy at those times? Mm, that's a great question. But I think that I think you're I think the key is that you get the energy from you. Right. I think you know, like there's a lot of, we're always alone and all that kind of stuff. Like you're always yourself. You as yourself are solely yourself. So you know when you need to go and be alone and you know when you need to be with people. I, the irony of this whole uh, COVID-19 thing is that I came back for, I'd worked in China for two years with a different kind of circus company. And I came back to Canada in April of last year and I spent seven months not working. The first four of them were great, but they also weren't. I was the crash from coming back from living overseas and living in a place where everything is hard. And then coming here where I thought it would be easy, wasn't easy. And by like a month before this COVID thing started, I thought, okay, I got to do something different. I have to get out and be with the people. (laughs) Now I can't be with the people. And, and there's going to, there were times in there. I'll be, I will for sure. If I'd seen, if I had the gumption to go and see somebody and say, I think I'm depressed, of course, you would have agreed with me. I wasn't exercising. I was eating crap food I, or I wasn't eating. I was sleeping too much. I was watching TV. But I needed that. So I can't judge that. That gave me the energy back that I'd been 
shelling. The other thing, and Rebecca talked about it a little bit yesterday, was the other thing about when you're somebody who's super aware of your energy, you're you're generally generous with it as well. So you need to know how to not give all of your energy to somebody who's who's struggling, because then you're depleted, and then you need to go and be alone, and and that's going to give you energy. Being aware of your energy and where you get it from, just as important as that as that is understanding where you give it away because you're a generous, empathetic being. Mm. Which is, I think, a great spot to end on, which is Mm -hmm. know your energy, know the essence of your equilibrium, find your strong point. I think of like a a cathedral, you know, and they put that last keystone block in and as soon as they do, the cathedral's rock solid. Place, yeah. yeah and that they don't even That's need a great cement. analogy yeah you know, it, it has one. that strength everyone's saying thank you um oh, thank you guys. Me to accept current situation that's great so thank you so much um for beaming thank in from you. canada for us today yeah, it for is having me phenomenal everyone make sure you look up colleencrichton.ca because she's in canada and connect with her there our next session is beaming from new zealand and that's sally anderson so i look forward to seeing some of you on the next zoom meeting thank you guys thanks again, thanks for coming. thank you bye, for now. bye.